two seconds after he hung up, I grabbed my phone and I just started typing. And I was just like, yeah, this is not a, like, I wrote, this is not a joke. Like it just came from my heart. Like I wrote, yeah. this is not a joke. Like coronavirus is not a joke. Pandemic is not a joke. Yeah, yeah. It's, like it's really messing with the business. Hey, it's Josh. Before we get started with this episode, I just want to ask that if you're listening, please subscribe in your podcast app so you'll get notifications when new episodes come out. And if you like this episode, share it with a friend and maybe leave a review. It will really help us out. Okay, enjoy the episode. Breaking news tonight, the coronavirus forcing millions more Americans into virtual lockdown. Our country wasn't built to be shut down. This is not a country that was built for this it was not built to be shut down. America will again and soon be open for business, uh, very soon, a lot sooner than uh, three or four months. It's there's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of fear. Um, there's a lot of, you know, wondering if you're risking your life by going to work. On this episode of Restarting America podcast, we're excited to welcome Scott Amalfarb of the Fresh Content Society. Scott founded Fresh Content Society and has 10 years experience helping local and global businesses design, manage, and grow their social media communities. Living and breathing social media for the past 10 years allows him to confidently navigate the complex social media ecosystem and understand how to establish and achieve company goals leveraging the power of social media. In 2019, Fresh Content Society generated over 500 million impressions, 250 million video views, and 150 million engagements for their clients. We're excited to have Scott join us today. All right, Scott. Well, thank you so much for being with us today on the Restarting America podcast. We're really excited to have you. Yep. Thank you, Josh. Pleasure to be here. Glad we're connected and uh, excited about doing this interview with you. Yeah, this is great. So before we get to why we're really here with the coronavirus and kind of the stuff that's been going on in the last few months, tell me a little bit about you and how you started your company and uh, how we kind of got to 2020. Yeah. So a little bit about me. Uh, I graduated from the University of Illinois in Champaign 2004. Um, started uh, a few different businesses in college, one including uh, producing a hip hop battle. When you remember when Eight Mile came out, you might yes. be too young, but I was a little younger. But I remember the movie. That was like my era. So <laughs> in college, that hit came out, and so we uh, took that model and brought it into a college campus, to our college campus, and. Uh, we were the first uh, promoters to bring like hip hop battles to Champagne. Um, so that's when you brought cool. a battle, like did it happen at the union or did it happen at a fraternity or like what? Like what yeah, was so that? We actually went to uh, a myriad of venues to see who would be interested and actually who would give us the best deal. And um, so we actually struck a deal with a bar, a new bar that was. Uh, I mean, did you go to U of I? Or? I went to U of I. I graduated in 2012. I, I think, okay, I think this might have been uh, before your time, but there was a bar called Tonic. Okay. And it was what only. What was it on? Oh, God, I don't mm -hmm. remember. Yeah. It wasn't like right there in Greece. It wasn't like right there. It wasn't by like CAMs or COs. Or, okay. It wasn't there. It was a little bit off. Uh, but they gave us the best deal. They said, okay, we'll give you Tuesday nights and you can keep the door and you'll get a percentage of the bar revenue. Okay. And the per percentage of the bar revenue is what made us strike the deal with them. 
And it, they said, we don't even open on Tuesday nights, but you can have the place Tuesday night. So okay. we ended up uh, we ended up doing really well, really successful. We even had like record labels come down and uh, scout talent. Um, wow. And we, we even considered like trying to take this to different campuses and just like throw like the Big Ten battle and like produce it. And so like that's where this like my start into uh, like my entrepreneurial uh, upbringing started. Um, did not pursue the hip hop battle promotion company um, and moved into uh, real estate. And when I got into real estate, when I first graduated, um, it was really when the market was booming. And then obviously the crash happened in that industry. So then I got out of that industry. Um, and I was researching one day on a blog that I really enjoyed a company that manufactured smart grid uh, electric vehicle charging stations. And so we became the exclusive, I developed a team and we became the exclusive Midwest distributor for this company, which is now like a couple hundred million dollar company yeah. the manufacturer who built this. But um, again, just getting into dipping my toes into, you know, uh, more entrepreneurial aspects, but like how to build a company, right? How to start from the ground up, how to promote it, how to market it, how to, how to sell things. Um, and I ended up enjoying out of that sort of journey, the media and marketing aspect the most. And so in 2000 and um, see if I can get my, my dates right here, but <laughs> 2008, maybe 2007 or, or nine between 2007, 2009, I can't recall off the top of my head, but I, I got a job at a, a, a startup gaming company where they were looking for a marketing director. Yeah, I couldn't be a marketing director, but I, I love the marketing aspect. I started a Facebook page for my company that sold electric vehicle charging stations and thought I could do it. Didn't really excel that well at it, but I did enjoy it. Um, Try to build different collaborations to, to be able to drive up more users for that company. So that company ended up uh, uh, not uh, really doing like producing. So it closed out and ended up at an agency, at a PR agency. And at the PR agency is where I learned basically, oh, this is what marketing really is. Here's um, how to do stuff. And so there was a company called, or yeah, there's a company called Bellator Fighting Championships. I don't know if you ever heard of Bellator. No. You ever heard of UFC? I know UFC. I grew up on the WWF and the WCW. I kind of fell off around WWE, UFC kind of stuff. I've okay, heard so Joe they're, Rogan. They're, they're the, the second to the UFC. Okay. They're on Biden. So as soon as... Uh, UFC went to ESPN, uh, Bellator went to Viacom, but Bellator was started in Chicago. And so the oh, PR agency really? needed help A with PR and then B uh, to really like build their social media channels. And from yeah. there, I really started learning about how, how, how to create content, how to create a series, how to post on YouTube, uh, you know, how to create like a, a variety of content for social media like Facebook and Instagram and Twitter and started realizing channels are different and communities are different. Um, and then from uh, that PR agency, I made it to Edelman. And then from Edelman, that's really where like I learned, I like honed my skills per se. Like it's a, Edelman's a tough place if you're familiar with just agencies. Yeah. It's, it's, it's they expect greatness from you, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I didn't know, I didn't really understand what that meant. Um, at that time, um, 
and so like I'm very thankful for like learning how to how to like deal with global clients and how to be able to communicate with them and how to add value to what they have going on and how to build from there. But what I learned is like it, what our role was. I was a community manager for Slim Jim. Uh, we launched Slim Jim social Gym. media communities. Wow. And we started from zero and we grew to like a million in like eight yeah. months. Wow. And it was just quick growth. But sure. I learned like oh, there's very there's a lot of niches within marketing. Yeah. And I fell into this. I just fell into the social media niche. Sure. And then um, once I left Edelman in 2013, 2000, yeah, 2013, I launched my own YouTube channel. And I thought I wanted to be a, a content creator on my own yeah. uh, because I thought I could create content for brands. I might as well try create content and community for myself. So That's a little bit ahead of the curve. Now everyone wants to be a creator. But like in 2012, like it wasn't a, really a thing to be a creator way ahead of the curve. Um, and, and, I, and by that time I was having my first child and wasn't making any money and really wasn't willing to, to roll the dice essentially. So sure. I decided to take what I was doing and package it as a service. Sure. Um, and that's how fresh content society started. So, uh, been in business for six years, work with a lot of, uh, global brands, um, have done very well in the past, you know, six years. Um, small small team of uh, three people right now, but we're fully dedicated, live, breathe, social, in and out, understand channels, understand community, understand building, understand how to work with influencers, what influencers make sense or not make sense, um, and, and just have been through enough test and learn at this point. Um, you know, we're working with someone like us, you, you expedite a lot of the a lot of the downfalls within social and, and you optimize what you're doing through not only best practice, but thought leadership. I'm fortunate to be able to speak at a number of uh, digital marketing conferences each year and, um, you know, really, you know, trying to grow that brand, my brand, my personal brand, as you see on LinkedIn, Josh, that, you know, to be able to continue pushing, you know, fresh content society as a thought leader in the social media space as, as it continues to evolve. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about that, like that kind of like what your first client was. You're like, okay, so I'm creating, I'm going to package it as a service. Like, you know, I've got my kid, you know, I've got my new business. It's like, you're like, I always think it's interesting. I hear many stories, even just on, from this podcast where it's like kid and new business happens at the same time. So they kind of grow up together kind of thing, which is really, it's like a, it's a funny thing because people often say, you know, oh, I can never do this. I got to support my, how am I going to be an entrepreneur when I got to like be stable, you know? And there's like this other side of that coin where people are like, oh, I need to create something so that I can be stable. You know, I need to create something in order to be stable for my family. It's a really yeah. interesting, like two sides of the coin. So tell me a little bit about the, like kind of your first client, your first clients and like what you, do, and what you were doing then and how that's different from what you're doing now because also like social media changes. So what, like what were the services then and what are the services now? How are the, the same or different? Yeah. Interesting question. So my first client that allowed me to really build fresh content society was, and they're still a client today is um, old world industries. So they manufacture aftermarket car care uh, brands like antifreeze, coolant, motor oil, wiper blades, lighting, and then they have two other, you know, companies that Herculiner, which is a bed, a bed liner product, which also applies to various other applications, but also uh, Blue Def, which is they're the number one DEF manufacturer in the country. So um, one day I called my, I called my client and I said, Hey, I'm starting my own business. Are you interested in 
you know, working with me essentially. And he goes, your timing couldn't be better. And, and it really all falls on timing uh, for, for like social media services at like a bigger brand yeah. at a global scale. Um, and so uh, when I first started, it was simply community management for one of their brands, Peak Auto. And they had uh, four different channels and it was essentially, it was just trying to keep a content calendar created in the most simplistic way and really try to like tap into their partnerships there where they were a big sponsor and still are with uh, NASCAR and uh, National Hot Rod Association, which is drag racing on, and they're on Fox as well. So trying to tap into that community and uh, they sent me on the road for like three, four years and I've been to hundreds of uh, motorsport uh, events. And I, I say hundreds, I'm not like exaggerating. Either. Yeah. Hundreds. Uh, what was that so, like? I, mean, I, I can imagine like you weren't going to a lot of NASCAR events before this kind of thing. Like, what was one. it, what was it like going to your that first that. motorsport event? Yeah, it was weird. It, uh, I just jumped right in with two feet. You know, I basically still do that for this client today, <laughs> whatever they want. Um, and I tell it's been the same guy who's been running uh, their digital since I started and really before I started too. Um, but yeah, so, and and you know what you adapt and and that's what you do as a social media manager, Mm -hmm. to be honest, you adapt to all sort of, uh, you know, messages, you adapt to environments, you adapt to platform changes, you adapt to trends and the whole key to being a good social media manager is to be able to adapt quickly. Um, but I started as a community manager and like grew that today to doing anything you see on all of their brand social media channels. We, we pretty much handle. So the strategy, the content, the community management, some of the paid media, influencer management and uh, reportings and all the campaigns, obviously. So it, it started, it started off as, as, as a foot in the door and, and it, it's grown substantially, you know, five years later, next year being six. So yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. Um, let's get into coronavirus a little bit. Um, I think especially being in the social media world is interesting. Being a business owner, it's interesting. Being on social media, it's interesting. Take me back to March and just tell me a little bit about the, the what happened in March for you. Oh, my God. What didn't happen in March for me or for anybody? Yeah. You know, in March, I think – Everyone just went into panic and un- into panic mode, and, and everybody was in a state of unknown. Didn't matter what industry you were in. Didn't matter what uh, what title you had at a job. It, everything was unknown in March, uh, and the universal feeling of the unknown almost was comforting that we're all kind of rolling through this together. Um, so I do have certain clients as we kind of progress through. March until today, you kind of have a better handle and people have once again adapted to this virtual world that we live in, um, which someone like you or I like kind of already lived in, but now the whole world is pretty much living in this mode. So uh, it's, it's done a couple things for the business. It's, it's hurt the business in terms of revenue because I think brands have been a little bit more scared to, to spend at this point and don't know where to spend. And I think uh, too, it's been great because um, we've really doubled down on our work and we've seen the results by doubling down um, by re- by being rewarded. And, and you, you've seen that through Maddie's Deli, 
We've seen that through uh, the World Arm Wrestling League, which is a client of ours. We've seen that through Peak Auto, which is uh, we launched a YouTube video series for them that just got a, almost 100,000 views on their second video out. So we, we, we've seen a lot of success this year. Even though revenue for us is a little bit down, we've seen more success this year than any other year. And I think uh, that's really going to help us into next year as things hopefully, you know, start calming down and, and a lot of budgets being shifted around and people really understanding uh, that social media is, is, is not like secondary anymore. It's really becoming like your first point of marketing for, for brands and a social media manager, even internally agency or not is, is going to be part eventually of like the C-suite, yeah. you know, it's going to be a CMO level like position one day, you know? So, um, and I think COVID has accelerated that. Yeah. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about one of these examples. I mean, the thing that really, I think, drew me to you was Manny's Dell. You know, it's like I'm, we're, we're both in Chicago area. A lot of our listeners are in Chicago area. If, you, if you're willing to talk about what happened with Manny's um, or maybe one of the other brands, like telling us a little bit more about, like, what that looked like doubling down specifically for one of your clients. Yeah. So, I mean, most people, I think, when I say doubling down, I think most people have worked harder and not really making more money per se. I think people are, they want to keep what they have. So they're working 10 times harder. Um, so that's what I mean by doubling down per se. But, um, and I think that results into, uh, uh, into tangible like business outcomes. So let's just talk about Manny's because it's, it's, it's something that you probably just want to learn more about. And, and probably, you know, from a local restaurant level, especially if you own a restaurant and you and somebody ends up watching this, it, it's good to understand as well because that industry is hurting significantly. Yeah. Uh, so one day, so Manny's Deli is, is an institution it's in Chicago. Um, it, it, if you're not from Chicago, you probably never heard of Manny's Deli. Yeah. I mean, for, I just, I'll give you an example about my, like my wife's family. Like they're, they, they're, we just celebrated the birthday 95 of great uncle Bill. Right. Great Uncle Bill, okay. 95 years old, one of eight kind of thing. And like now family spread all over the world. When people come in, when we, when it was for weddings or birthday parties, whatever, when people come in, they do this tour and they go around and they see where they used to live. And they, you know, they used to live in the West Loop in like the back of a store, you know, and then they lived here and they go to the cemeteries and go whatever. And they end at Manny's Deli. And like when we had the wet, we had a wedding in 2019. And we had yeah. brunch the next day, not like an official wedding brunch, but everyone went from brunch the next day to Manny's Deli. And like, yeah, it is just amazing, like, right? when, and everybody's just so happy to be there. And so I think like, I can, I'll do a little bit of the work from you of like literally this 95 year old man, like Manny's is like one of his favorite places to go in the world. And people just have that affinity with, with the brand. And it's, 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 it honestly is, you know, hopefully helps that helps them survive this, uh, pandemic, uh, you know, um, to be honest, you know, um, a lot of restaurants haven't, and it's really sad and unfortunate because Chicago is really such a big food town and, and, and restaurants, you know, first of all, it's a hard business in general, let alone COVID on top of it. So, um, totally agree with you. Totally agree. that there's a brand affinity and people, when they love Maddie's, they really love Maddie's and they also, it goes beyond just the the food. I think they love the employees. I think they love the owners. I think, you know, they love the whole experience. It's not just the uh, the, the the actual product for them. 
Um, so Manny's is a high volume restaurant. You know, you go there for lunch on a weekday, you know, you're waiting in line outside the door, usually uh, 300 person seats. So obviously with the pandemic, you can't do that anymore. Right now, even in September, you're only allowed 25% capacity indoors. So I'm, when I go to Manny's and I go every, I used to go weekly, but now I go every couple weeks. Um, I still see people um, there um, inside, like at 25%. And recently, like, there's still a line out the door, but it's obviously just like, went from like this to like this, yeah. you know? So you have only this much space. So, you know, so it's, it's so Raskin, the owner, fourth generation owner operator, called me and he, we have check ins, you know, hey, how's business? First of all, we went to high school together. Secondly, he's a friend. Thirdly, you know, he's, he's my second client. So we've been together Sorry. for five years too. Wow. Um, he said, listen, the restaurant's, you know, not doing that great. We were thinking about laying, like cutting hours and laying people off and it just sucks. And I, and I felt that I felt it in like in my soul, yeah. you know, essentially like, yo, this is not a conversation I want to have. I want to hear about. So literally like, two seconds after he hung up, I grabbed my phone and I just started typing and I was just like, yeah, this is not a, like I wrote, this is not a joke. Like it just came from my heart. Like I wrote, yeah. this is not a joke. Like coronavirus is not a joke. The pandemic is not a joke. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, like it's really messing with the business. Uh, and I said, we need help. Like we need you to show up. Like we need you to eat at Manny's. Like otherwise like the Jewish deli in general is like a dying breed. It's right. just the, just the world, the, the country before the pandemic. Yeah. Um, so the tweet went out, the tweet just went off. Like literally 20 minutes after I tweeted Raskin, Danny called me and he goes, the Tribune called me and he goes, what did you tweet? <laughs> not even on Twitter, okay? He goes, what did you tweet? And I was like, what are you even talking about? Dude, I've sent five years, okay? How many tweets have I sent in five years, okay? Yeah. Thousands, dude. Yeah. Like when he's like, what, what did you tweet? <laughs> talking about and he goes uh the tribune called said you guys were uh closing down and i go they did uh -oh. i go dude you should probably read the tweet and so listen it got totally blown out of proportion like people were like oh no man he's just closing but it never said we're closing right? no no like we we're struggling and we need help yeah. and it literally took true. off and it took off by having the right chicago influencers and all every single media outlet in chicago promote like essentially promote it even made made its way to npr uh so now it's national news and like people still talk about it to, like at manny's you know and, and their employees when i see them they're like dude like you literally like changed the whole dynamic wow. from one tweet and i'm just like yeah like a that's my job like that's fresh content society's job but like b you know like it's 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 just more than just like a tweet you know like it's really it's like saving people's livelihoods, you know, yeah. it's, it's that deep to, you know, these people have families too, you know, imagine losing your income. What are you going to yeah. do? It's tough to swallow. So yeah, I saw that tweet and I was at Manny's that next day. I was, you know, and I, and I was there and I, I, be, I imagine you might've been there around or eventually that day too. And I was there and I, I scheduled a pickup for like 11, 15 or something. I ordered way more food than I should have kind of, you know, it's like sometimes when I, when I go to, when I, I have, still haven't been out to a restaurant personally, but when I order in, like I'm like grocery shopping at restaurants now. I'm like, okay, like if, I, if it's a place I like, I'm going to order extra and whatever. So I ordered a bunch of extra food from them. And, 
yeah, I remember I got there, there was a line out the door and I'm kind of like aggressive and I just kind of walked past the line. And I'm like, oh, I'd, I'd like to get my food kind of thing. But it was, it was madness and the news was there and it was crazy. It was madness for a month. Yeah. I wouldn't go. Raskin, Raskin wouldn't talk to me for two weeks. <laughs> but not because like, you didn't want, just he's too, he's too busy to There's literally There's too much talk. going on. I mean, when I was in there, it was... It was insane, and like, uh, and I like, I, I get, I get my little pushiness. So I'm like, I'm, I'm in and out with my food. I'm gonna push and get my thing. I'm very polite to people, but I'm like, oh, can I have my food? And it's like, oh, you yeah, know, I really need to go. And so I, I went in, but they were running in there. They were running. Everybody was and, running. Well, they had so I, listen, they weren't ready, and they had three people working the line. <laughs> and three people is like what they were at. Yeah. And so three people like. When before COVID, there's like eight, nine people behind the line, so they were short instead. It was, it was, it was, it was a good problem to have. Yeah, I think something that like is something like we work in like in the hospitality industry, and we see and like I think it is like hard to figure out like what do you say during these times and like where do you say it and like I think that that resonated because like it felt real, you know, because it, it, it was. I just yeah. told you this yeah, story. Yeah. It was no, the most no, real yeah. thing that you could experience. Like yeah. I felt it in my soul. It was beyond. Yeah comprehension of how yeah. bad I felt and probably how bad he felt too you know yeah. because I don't know listen you're in you're an iconic place in Chicago yeah. 78 years and now because of one uh, virus like yeah your whole life could be turned upside down overnight you know yeah. very impressive and uh, exciting and I'm, I'm thankful for them and for for all of that so um, tell me enough. So in social media, so we have the pandemic and then we're kind of dealing with like, we learned from one of our guests, like kind of this language around this, like the dual pandemics of we have coronavirus and we have racism and the like, just like the like a reawakening in the world after George Floyd was killed and Black Lives Matter coming and being like social media is a place, obviously in the streets, there's things happening on the news, but like social media is a place where this is happening too. Like how did that impact you and how did that impact the business and the, the brands you're dealing with um, when that happened? So if you go to Fresh Content Society's Instagram page, mm -hmm. we have a whole highlight stream of brands sharing Black Lives Matters posts from that day. Remember that day, everybody, or that two or three days, everybody yeah. was behind it? Um, to be honest, um, it, 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 how do I phrase this? I honestly think most of the people behind brands are white. And I honestly think that if you are white, you should not have the right to promote Black Lives Matter to as a, from a brand perspective like to benefit the brand you want to benefit the brand hire somebody black sure. in your role or in a certain role to be able to uh uh believe that make it believable okay make it authentic uh, i also think people don't understand that brands are not people they're personas mm -hmm. okay there's people behind the brand there's not Brands are not a people. Brands are usually a product or a service, mm -hmm. just like 97 digital, right? Yeah. But you got people, so there's a personality. So you can have a personality, but you really should not have an opinion unless you're authentic. Like Nike, you can be real about that. 
Sure. Right. You sponsor black people. You have black people that work for you. You're you're authentically uh, verified to be able to. You're engaged in like you're culture being, and you're, you people. have you you are you are part of that culture. You are mm. part of our culture. You're part of the culture. Yes. Uh, someone like me, if I would tweet from like, you know, one of my brand accounts at Black Lives Matter and you, there's no black lives inside those walls. Yeah. It's horseshit, to be honest. Um, so I, I really monitored that whole program, essentially not program, but I monitored that trend. It was sure. a trend, let's call it. Yeah. And it's sick that we have to call it a trend. And hopefully it's, it, you know, it, it, it stays like, what, look what the NBA is doing. It's incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly thought if you had, if there was African Americans within your organization, and you're, you really believe in that, that, and you're not really like faking it for the benefit of your own brand, then it's okay. If, if, you, if you just did it just because it's, you think the brand should take a position, I think it's completely unnecessary, you know, and, and inauthentic. And, not, and I don't think it gave you like brownie points, you know. Yeah. I think people should take action, you know, hire people that are African American. Yeah. Don't promote it is what I'm saying. Yeah. Thanks. But you can't um, promote it, just not yeah. real. Yeah. I think that's the thing is it's like what you're saying is like there's there's more work to be done for that post to be made real than it is just to post it, than just to engage. So yeah, it's a marketing thing. Got it. Yeah, and I think that when you talk about the trends, it's interesting. There was just a Pew study that came out that said like the support for Black Lives Matter was like at sixty-seven percent in like July or something, and now it's or in June or something, now it's at fifty-five percent. And it's interesting because there's still like a majority support for the movement kind of thing but i think it is interesting we will see like a trend and i think something that i'm kind of like personally that i see that like from i don't know like i, I never worked at a big agency like an edelman kind of thing like whatever but the way i see like big advertising world seeing the travis scott burger at mcdonald's i'm like this to me is like the sign of like oh we're kind of back to normal like and like <laughs> like if that if that makes any sense to you of like if i'm going to look back in like a year and be like oh when did things change and i think like mcdonald's and the travis scott burger and like oh like this is really exciting and we're not like gonna i mean it's like it yeah i mean this is kind of how i feel it's like you know you look at sports starting and sports starting is like we're not back to normal when sports start you know it's like obviously not normal but i think like looking at like what McDonald's, is normal though I mean, I think that like the Travis Scott burger feels normal. It's like, oh, like we've got a normal campaign that's like, it's not really addressing anything that's going on. And it's, it seems to have been pretty successful. Um, and, but it's just like, it like, it almost is living in a separate world. And like, maybe that was going to happen like earlier on or something, you know, like I'm sure that like things had to- Oh, you felt like the campaign, I got you. The, the campaign, campaign to me, it's like, oh, like this is just like a normal right. advertising campaign. That, right. Like, anything could be happening in the world and this would still happen. Right. And this is to right. be a sign, like, if we're talking about, like, just, right. like, what is normal, I think it is a, it is a normal sign. I don't think it means things are back to normal, but I think it means no, that maybe I, brands... That makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah maybe I brands will accept that, like, okay, we can go back to normal. And, like, I think that I'm personally uncomfortable well, with that. Yeah, messaging-wise. Yeah. 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 But, listen, it's a... Guess, guess what Travis Scott... Travis Scott... First of all, I love Travis Scott. Yeah, I'm not, I think I think it's been great. I just think it's like interesting as like a overall thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen, it's 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 hot right now. For it's gonna be hot for another week or two, and then sure, it's gonna sure. be fizzle. Well, that's also normal. Is that things come and go? You know, the PS5 comes out like like you know, it's like like all these things that like oh like 
like normal things that happen. The holiday season is going to happen. Like whatever that, you know, it's like, uh, you know, like I'm Jewish, like we're going into the Jewish holidays, you know, which do not feel normal, but we're going to get to like Thanksgiving and we're going to get to Christmas and we're going to get to the new, you know, and, but the the new normal, that's, that's where I'm going. It's like, you know, it's, 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 it does, the campaign does feel like just a traditional campaign that, that worked, but also, um, you know, I think we're adapting to, you know, the media is not literally killing us with, you know, the, the scare tactics and sens- yeah. sensationalism. And I think more and more people are becoming more comfortable. You know, the problem is we're going to see what's going to happen once it gets cold and like people like us can't go outside, you know, yeah. and how yeah. does that affect businesses moving forward? Like, yeah. you know, I think we're going to, sh- I, we, I hope we don't dip back, you know, into, yeah. into where we were, but listen, hopefully we won't, you know, and hopefully this new normal, like we, prog- we, we progress, you know, away from this idea yeah. um tell me a little bit tell me a little bit but like as we'll kind of keep moving but like uh tell me a little like other like social media things that you're seeing like during the pandemic maybe of like you, you saw the youtube boost up for you guys real a lot like um for the peak um performance you know like tell me a little bit about what you're just seeing social media wise during the pandemic and how that's changed like not like black lives matter pandemic posting kind of thing just yeah. tell me a little bit of social media yeah listen the Usage has went up substantially. You know, more people are now uh, using social media like day to day on uh, just on, on a whole different level um, of how they communicate and just share and, and consume, you know, content at this point. Um, obviously, we're seeing TikTok going through a battle. You know, there's Sunday it's supposed to shut down. So you're, after Sunday, you won't be able to download the app in America. Um, and then even by November 12th, if things aren't figured out, they might remove it from the iOS system and Google Play Store. So it's, it's going to be an interesting time. Um, obviously, um, you know, with more people on the channel, you start seeing, you know, better results. You start seeing more engagement and more impressions, more views, more link clicks. So I think, it, like I said earlier, I think COVID has accelerated the, the virtual world, which has yeah. allowed people to excel more on and use social media more which in the future will, will will only help the industry because more people are going to be more comfortable using the platforms and you just got to you know the problem the problem is like tomorrow it can all change you know we just live in that type of environment yes. you know eventually face you know facebook will fizzle out and um and then you know they'll, they'll still have other apps like instagram you know and other things but we'll we'll, we'll see where it goes to be honest you know i once social media is over, it's like, I'm going to throw my phone in the lake. <laughs> One of those things, like it's a love hate relationship for someone like me, you know? Do you personally have, so you have your LinkedIn, I see. Do you use social yeah, media personally? No, of course. Listen, I'm, 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 I'm blessed and cursed, you know, uh, that I'm on social media all the time and then cursed that I'm on social media yeah. all the time, you know, but you have to use social media as a tool, you know? And it's like, if you're a carpenter, you're not, you don't have a hammer with you every single day, you know, uh, when you go to sleep, you know, so you have to use your phone as a tool and you just, you got to be able to figure out how to, how to compartmentalize. I have a Google Chrome thing that gets rid of my Facebook newsfeed when I go on my Facebook. Cause I know, like, I know personally, it's like, I'll be like checking like Instagram analytics and I'll be like on Instagram for like four or five minutes ago, but I'm like, wait, wait, wait. Why am I on Instagram? I like literally uh, forget yeah. like why. Five minutes is good awareness. <laughs> you know? 
it's like the half hour. You know? Yeah, it's like, I'm like, wait, how did I get on Instagram and what am I supposed and to do? And think about it, you go across all the channels. Now you're on yeah. Twitter, Facebook, then you go yeah. on TikTok and you gotta hit YouTube and it's just like, you go like this and you just can't stop. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I spend a lot more time on my channels, uh, my clients' channels than I yeah. do. Yeah, um, What has been, like, what's been the most challenging part of COVID for you and your business? Uh, growth. Yeah, that's been the most challenging part, you know, for two reasons. One, I, I think a lot of, through a couple of reasons, in, some industries are hurting, hospitality being sure. one. Uh, two, brands are, you know, uh, cut back, I think, on budgets overall for this year. And three, the marketplace has opened up. I think yeah. anybody from anywhere can now remotely work on anything, you mm -hmm. know, and I think, you know, that makes it more competitive and social media has always been competitive, but obviously yeah. like everyone in their, you know, and their brother thinks they, they can manage, you know, people's social media pro, uh, channels and programs, but it's, uh, you know, so it's competitive. So yeah. it's been tough to grow. Got it. Makes sense. What's something that's inspiring you during this time, either a person or someone, you know, or someone that you follow that like is giving you like hope or joy during this time that it can be really difficult to find that um well first of all i have to give um props to um all the social media managers um i think it's been the it's been doesn't matter who you are and where what you're doing it's been the it's been the um the toughest year for a social media manager um i do want to call out though there's a very special dude his name's andy hines andy hines is the brains behind Slim Jim's Instagram success. Um, Andy Hines um, pa uh, passed away this year mm. for unfortunate reasons, uh, but his name doesn't get recognized enough and his name doesn't get um, shared enough. But that dude is a legend and he will go down as a social media and a meme creator legend. And he is really responsible for Slim Jim going from like 60,000 to over a million people on Instagram. Um, but yeah, rest in peace to, to one. To, we lost a good one this year. Yeah. He, was a, he was a really good dude. I'm looking at their Instagram right now and it's like, I, I, it's like, I mean, there's obviously Slim Jim's kind of embedded. But it's not—it's not just like pictures of Slim Jims. It looks like a lot. There looks like there's a lot, there's a there's a history to uh, to dive into here. So thanks for sharing his name. And, uh, yeah, yeah. But all the social media managers inspire me. And I, if you, and if you ran Time Man, if you ran if you ran Time Magazine, it would be the person of the year. It would be this the social media. It would just be someone with the phone. Like the, yeah, yeah. It would just be you know they've had to deal with a lot this year. You know, and you know I and. To, you know, there's a whole mentality of social media managers have to work 24 seven and it's just like always on, you know, it's always shut off and it's just, it's a tough, it's a tough role to be in, you know? If you could go back to March and like the beginning of March and tell yourself something, you know, like Marty McFly back to the future kind of, and you, but you get to, you just get to mess everything up. What would you tell yourself? Um, you know, it gets better. It always gets better. Um, and to not trip over the little things. Yeah. I overthink a lot. Yeah. Um, I think most people do, like, especially on social media, if you're not getting a lot of likes, comments, shares, you know, virality, sure. you know, like, it can hurt your feelings. It just don't, you know, don't let your feelings get hurt over something. You know, social media is 
you know, or like you make a typo and your client gets mad at you or just, mm-hmm. you know, shit happens, you know? Sure. We you want that it. edit button in Twitter, right? We want the edit button. Free the edit button. <laughs> um, okay, so as we kind of wrap up, like what's one piece of advice that you would give to other business owners that are listening to the podcast? Um, what's something that you would tell people? Say that again. What's a piece of advice that you would give to other business owners that are listening to the podcast? Um, if you're just starting out, my, my best piece of advice is just to get used to people saying no. You know, and I think, you know, understand that you have to just move through the failures in order to succeed. So there's only like running your own shop. There's a thousand more times fail than there are wins. That's why when you see on LinkedIn a post for me, I'm like, dude, I'm sharing every win I can. But I'm also sharing, you don't follow me on Facebook, but I followed up with the Marcus Limonis thing that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. Camping world. And it like, it just never worked out and it didn't work out for whatever reason, you know, there's a hundred thousand reasons it probably didn't work out, but you know, like it's there, you got to ride the highs and the lows and and try to stay in the middle at all, at all times. That's my advice. Well, thank you for taking the time to be with us today and for telling the story of uh, your business and fresh content society and what's been going on during the pandemic and wishing you and your clients and uh, everyone, your family, a lot of health and success um, going forward. Thank you for listening to this episode of Restarting America podcast. Make sure to subscribe in your podcast app and visit restarting-america.com for more episodes like this one. Restarting America is produced by 97Switch.